Arrgh, grog. Hey guys, it's episode 12 of The Cider Shed with me, Peter Fickling, joined as always by Kerry Warbus and Matthew Weir. And this week we have our first and very special guest, Susie Riddell. Hello! Susie, you're very welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I didn't know it was the the first. Yes. (laughs) What an honour. And also, I think I can speak on behalf of Kerry and Matthew, very much top of the list of of people we would want on. Yes, definitely. Oh, thank you very much. You might not think that by the end of the uh, interview. <laughs> well, we'll give you that feedback off mic. Okay, thanks very much. Yeah. So, Susie, you listened to the week's episodes of The Archers. I did. Yes. You asked me to and I did my homework. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have if we hadn't have asked you then. <laughs> well, I, I probably wouldn't have kind of uh, listened to it while watching my daughter's swimming lesson um, earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um yes i had to fit it in but i normally listen to the omnibus um mm. yeah but uh no it, it wasn't a chore it wasn't a, it wasn't a terrible homework it was it was a delight as always are you able to maintain an enjoyable remove from from the show like for the plot lines that don't involve um tracy i can actually i can listen to it and enjoy it and uh yeah, I was, I was thinking, I was hoping, as I was watching, as I was listening, not watching, although you watch it in your head, don't you, as you're listening. Mm. But as I was listening um, earlier with it plugged into my ears, watching my daughter's uh, swimming lesson, I was hoping she wasn't going to look up and see me kind of shaking my head grimly <laughs> <laughs> while I listened to Brian and Adam sort of being friends and then falling out and being friends and falling out. Uh, I thought she might think I was shaking my head at her terrible backstroke. <laughs> But no, it was it was the archers, and I was also laughing quite a lot. Um, I just probably looked a bit mad to the other parents. But hey, what's new? So that's fine. How long is it since you came back in to the show? So it, well, this is my tenth year as Tracy. Yeah. So it was it was yeah twenty eleven. Right. Okay. October the third, to be exact. So do you do you think because we've been talking quite a lot recently about how the kind of the sort of uh, editorial tone has changed recently? Do you feel like there is more sort of an, an effort to sort of uh, lean into the comedy, lean into the drama, but sort of keep those things distinct and do them well? I think the the comedy has it seems to me to be stronger, and th- and throughout as well. I think I think there's um, the comedy runs through the stories more than it used to. I think that the it's allowed to be there um as a, i mean i suppose what you've just said is that it's comedy and then it's it's drama separate but i actually feel that although that is true to a certain extent i feel that the comedy does run through um mm. probably not in the alice storyline i mean no <laughs> i really laughed very much during that but um but in other in other areas i think it's allowed to flourish um which I think it does in in real life, really. You laugh about stuff and things are silly. Um, and it's nice to have that kind of lighter element. And also in, in an episode, I suppose there's, there is sometimes the quite serious story going on and then, and, and also the comic story. And I suppose um, for, for my part, uh, that's probably where I'm sitting more <laughs> at the moment. Who knows? There might be a big dramatic story. <laughs> well, I was going to say one thing that's quite promising for you is the way that they kind of rehabilitate characters. So kind of Jim and Linda have both been allowed to come back to being mm. kind of lighter, funner characters after their yes. very heavy plots. Yes, that's true. And that's nice, isn't it? That, that gives everybody hope in real life, I suppose, mm. that, I, you, that that can happen. Speaking of the lighter touch and the, the comedic um, element, for you, you and Jazza... Yeah, well, Tracy and Jazza, um, as characters, <laughs> um, tend towards the jocular. But I, mm. I've got this this slight problem with you two because you have many, many 
aggy moments, don't you? You're like there's a lot of bickering between you, and I worry about this. <laughs> do, do you worry that we're it's not going to last? Well, or... yes, I do. Oh, I don't know. You should hear me and my husband. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I think some. I think mm. you you argue more with the people you're closest to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't argue with anyone in real life, other than people through my the glass of my car. And yeah. They can't hear me. <laughs> Um, but I, and I sort of, I think that they've got, they've got that understanding of each other that means they can be really cross with each other, but then it'll be, it'll be okay the next morning or, you know, in 15 minutes, however long it takes. Um, but I actually, I actually thought, had that thought earlier while I was listening to, to Brian and, um, Adam, although they don't, you know, I don't know if there's any love lost there, but I did Mm. think. God, you can tell their family. I mean, if you, you said you were, you were shaking your head listening to that, whose side do you come down on in Adam and Brian? I don't Brian? think I was on either side. No? I, 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 was, cro- I was really cross with them both. I, I just thought, oh, stop it. Mm. Um, I felt they were being quite childish. But, but what I loved was that, that, that kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, blaming, I'm blaming you for this, I'm blaming you for that. It's your fault, your fault. And then, and then it would be, oh, no, come on, we should sort this out. And then oh okay oh no it's your fault your fault it's that kind of that wave of argument that you get with a mm. with a family member and then it's fine and then but you go when you're oh, god bloody hell that's so annoying yeah it was like it was like a trade off of everything each each of them had done wrong like yes. poisoning rivers and you know um, crashing a tractor and then having Brian, an affair. yes running having yeah. <laughs> almost having your leg amputated I mean it was um it was everything wasn't it it was their entire history um, but that's what happens I suppose and you dredge up the most awful things um but it's whether it's salvageable i suppose in the end because they don't have the bedroom to retire to (laughs) (laughs) well let's hope not god that would be an interesting story brian (laughs) brian took adam really literally didn't he because brian actually had to come back and say i didn't blame you for covid yes Yes. (laughs) that made me laugh that did make me laugh in the swimming pool Uh, yeah yeah but the the last one in the list that went and you even ran over your own foot (laughs) that was brutal yeah that was that, that was his ace card, wasn't it? Oh yeah. But he came off the back of that COVID thing. I didn't blame him for COVID, but the aquaponics, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he should have foreseen the pandemic. Yeah, when he had to say the line that included contagious ovine digital dermatitis. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, as an insult. Yes, that is Charles Collingwood at his finest. <laughs> but you did quite well out of that, Susie. You don't mm. have to to deal with too many of the I mean except for sort of current cricketing techniques you don't have to deal with much of the educational side of the show do you no not really um yeah I mean and I'm sort of more of a life coach really there doesn't doesn't need to be any difficult jargon there it's more kind of come on let's have a drink and go and hit some balls you Um, did have to have that romantic um, conversation with Jazza over the uh, hydroponics at one point I did enjoy that I did enjoy that aquaponics pour on (laughs) <laughs> yes well i enjoyed it mostly because i had no idea what aquaponics was until that point so it was like thank goodness because i've been hearing about this for years in fact i quite like some more scenes with different members of the farming communities in in ambridge just so that you can explain stuff <laughs> i don't understand when when um obviously when we knew you were coming on i had a bit of a think about um it's a bit more of a think about Tracy. And one of the things was this, by the way, compliment incoming. Um, one of the things I was thinking was certain characters like Linda, Tracy, 
Um, maybe who else would be a good example? Jim, actually. Um, mm. uh, just so you know, don't criticize Brian, don't criticize Jim because Matthew and Kerry will come for you. No, I wouldn't. They're, they're, I love them. But all of those characters, I feel like they're so well rounded that they're, uh, uh, you know, a lot of that's down to the acting that the, that the, obviously the writers almost feel like it must just flow onto the page because the characters are so sort of solid and, and mm. sort of real. I mean, I certainly know Kerry likes writing for, um, Tracy. Mm. Yeah, and I think, well, I think those characters, I don't know about, I don't know. I mean, Tracy has had a little bit of heartache so far. I mean, uh, the Roman mm. Roman story, but she's quite good at hiding, you know, keeping things under wraps, I suppose. But the other characters certainly have had um, real kind of depths of despair and, and trauma. Um, and I think... That it that that is wonderful to be able to to have a character who can who can go to the the heights of comedy and can go to those depths of despair and be believable. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Tracy's had to face that yet. And and hugely hugely well loved. Really, you know, I mean, Tracy is so well loved. I can't, I I don't think I've seen any tweets or anything from people who are not in agreement with that. Oh. Well, it's so. It's just really nice to, yeah. I, 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 I don't know what to say about it really because it is so wonderful to kind of have that. Um, but you know, I've spoken to, I've said, I've met people in. Um, I did a, I did a show for some. It was for for young kids, and I was playing a fairy and uh, with a string quartet, and it was great. <laughs> and at the end, and obviously on the the, the flyer, it said Susie Riddell plays Tracy Horribin in the Archers. Um, and this woman came up and said, are you, are you Tracy in the Archers? And I said, yeah. And she went, oh, you're horrible. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank oh. you for that. Thanks for that critique. Um, I was like, do you actually listen to the Archers? I never get, because some people do think she's a horror. And I don't, I don't understand that because I obviously I'm incredibly fond of her and mm. think she's wonderful. <laughs> I, I can't don't think she's comprehend awful at all. that. What? What? Yeah. I'm trying to imagine what she's done that's horrible, or how she's behaved. Or... I think it's a class exactly. Thing. I think it's only very posh people who think that about Tracy. <laughs> she's dreadful. I lived in America for half uh, half a decade, and one of the things I loved the most about it was how, for better or worse, upfront and you know to the point people are. Mm. And Kerry's very like that as well. That's I think why you know Kerry Matthew and I get on quite well is because it's everything's out in the open, yeah. and uh, and I think yeah, Trace that's maybe Trace's finest quality is there's zero bullshit. There's absolutely no opportunity for disingenuity. Yes, yeah, I think so. You can't, you can't. Um, yeah, people can't go away and go. Oh, what a what a two faced cow. Yeah, because she's she's just at times a one faced cow, um, <laughs> which is much better. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's no, there's no confusion. I mean, I think she, I think she, the only time she's two faced is when she says she's fine, but actually she's not. But I don't, I think the only person that hurts is herself. I'm, re I'm reminded of when uh, Parkinson asked Paul Merton um, of Angus Deaton, "Do you feel you stabbed him in the back?" And he said, "Well, we stabbed him in the front, to be honest, mm. because you know, just to be that honest and brutal to people." I don't think she's that bad though. No. She's I think it comes from a place of love often, her directness, yeah. it doesn't it? It's, you know, it's more efficient, you know, just get things sorted. Yeah, she wants to help. She wants everything to be okay. Um, and and she yeah, she has a no-nonsense approach <laughs> to, to that. When they were moving uh, Tracy from being kind of Susan's comedy sister to a sort of yeah. proper, full, middle-of-the-village 
character. Yeah. Um, but I think that part of the, the one of the most effective bits of that was when she was kind of like battling with Linda for kind of primacy at the front desk. Oh gosh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, it was great. I absolutely. I mean, if Grey Gables goes under, and if Linda never goes, I don't. I get whenever I listen. I'm like, no, I mean, please, Grey Gables, because Ian talking about Grey Gables yeah. not doing very well. I was like, no, I need to be back on the front desk with Linda <laughs> and Oliver and Freddie. <laughs> Yeah, that that must be peculiar for you to to listen like that and sort of go, oh, uh, no, 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 that can't happen. Oh, it's weird. It will affect it's me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you do think that a bit, but it, but it's also because that I do, I absolutely, I mean, I know it's fictional. I mean, I don't know if everyone listening thinks it's fictional, but <laughs> what for me? No, sorry, sorry to burst the bubble, but um, uh, for me, that's the best job I've ever had, Grey Gables. It as real as Susie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, working on reception at Grey Gables, best job I've ever had. Explosion included. Oh my god, that was so exciting! It's like being in a Hollywood film. I mean, that was that. I mean, that was you know career defining, absolute joy. It was yeah. so good, and it was only a few weeks before lockdown we recorded yeah. that. Was that and, a th- was that a Friday episode that that happened? Was, uh, was it a Sunday? Uh, I don't know. I'm no, it was to a think. Sunday and then the Monday because it um, it all ran on, didn't it? Yeah, it was it kind did. of two it episodes did. in one. Yeah, I think it was a Sunday Monday. Um, and um, and of course because it was before lockdown, we had hundreds of people in the studio. It was so exciting because we had the entire production team, um, helping with sound effects, with the voices and the of the of the hotel guests and staff so everybody was in there and it was great it was an absolute thrill blake frying his sausages in the corner yeah <laughs> checking a bit of petrol on the floor that was it yeah, yeah i mean yeah. if the timing had been out that would have been a really tricky thing to have taken away from the scripting wouldn't it you oh know. god do you, what do you mean if it had been yeah if that um, had fallen as a, a script yeah yeah. Yeah, because it was when did it it I know when it went out. It was March the 8th, I think, 8th and 9th and we recorded it in February. Yes, it was just before. Yeah. I think it was a shame in a way that that if it wasn't a bit earlier because it kind of mm. but uh, although it was a great kind of um you know to end the sort of normality of yes. of the of that of the world with such an exciting dramatic storyline was pretty great but um yeah it was kind of overshadowed by by all of the other stuff you know that stuff i loved i loved the monologues i'm pretty much i I mean i don't think it's controversial to say that they they went to everyone's taste but i really enjoyed them no good i actually listened to um funnily enough i listened to you know um the uh, archers what's it called ambridge academic academic archers yes yes and they have the conference right yeah and there was a paper about um the monologues and the audience response um and a a lady um well i presume she was a doctor actually (laughs) it was extremely um in-depth research into the audience response and it was really interesting because it wasn't anywhere near as kind of blanket you know people don't like it as as we've been led to believe ah. <laughs> um mm. it was it was interesting and i have i have spoken to other people who really like them as well which you know and i don't speak to lots of people about the archers so so um you don't go down the supermarket <laughs> with a kind of a 
loud hailer and a Tracy Horriban <laughs> T-shirt Tracy's, on. Well, Tracy's yeah. loud. I got a loud hailer before lockdown as well. Actually, that was that was literally the week. It was all going bing bong. Um, was that to we use at the cricket? <laughs> yes, and it was to use to. to um, it was a training session with Lee. Well, that's um, when you yes. went completely full metal jacket and went crazy, oh, it was didn't absolutely it? Absolutely great. I love, yeah. I'm loving the fact you're sharing pronouns with uh, Tracy. You don't even bother to try and <laughs> differentiate. Oh, it's, well, your, I know. it's your loud hailer. It's uh, <laughs> well, yeah. it was mine, but I got <laughs> yeah. I got to hold, I had to sterilize it myself. Yeah, no one could touch it but me. <laughs> I hope I get that loud hailer back. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were coordinating people after the explosion with the loud hailer and not doing the cricket training. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like yes, I don't. Yes, and it would have been a few. Oh, I'm, I'm very confused about timelines now. But yes, um, yeah, it was a few weeks later. She was back on it. <laughs> I want to do some cricket. That's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, Kerry said in relation to like the script and stuff that things had to be axed and things that even I think he like things were even recorded right that got binned. Is any of that? I mean, I've, I remember people saying that during like the first lockdown. Has any of that? Has any of that come back? I think I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not privy to all that, but I th- I think probably elements of stories have come back. But I've got so I've got at least I've got three or four scripts, possibly five, that never got recorded. Oh, um, yeah. And some of the stuff was absolutely lovely um, mm. for me. There was a particular episode with me and Linda that was going to be just great. Oh. Um, and it never. And I'm very sad about that. Oh, it I'm never sad got, now. But yes, we did. We recorded scenes. Um, there was one in a crick in the cricket pavilion actually, uh, with a new kit that Tracy had got, which I think did get that story did get used, but you well, didn't. The cricket kit got used by Roman and Jazza. Yes, but I don't think you saw Tracy. You didn't. You didn't saw. <laughs> you didn't hear Tracy flinging the kit at people. Oh right, uh-huh. okay. It's got Vince. You know, it's bright. What well, there's bright red. Well, maybe they'll be priceless one day, these scripts. But I've kept them. Was this with Vin- Vince getting the sponsorship? Yes, when Tracy got the sponsors. I think I think it was ended up being used in the monologues, actually. I think yeah, I, I think maybe right. but I think I spoke about it in the monologues. So, yeah, so you didn't um that we did we did record a scene with Tracy handing out the kit in the in the cricket pavilion. It was very funny actually. It's yeah. sad things like that when you know, you know, I was like, oh, mm. that's such a fun scene. Tracy in the men's changing room. And everyone's like, what, what are you doing in here? And she's flinging the kit. <laughs> Put this on. Um, that, it was in the monologues where Harrison lost his captaincy, wasn't it? Yes, I think it was all that stuff. And yeah, she, that was done that's well. how she won. She got a few votes, didn't she? She got the new kit. Actually, Harrison and Tracy both kind of came to the fore from being sort of not peripheral characters, but if you've got the kind of the hierarchy of kind of like characters in the village, I'd say Tracy's very much a top tier character now, but maybe her and Harrison as well. But her and her and Harrison have both both come to the fore oh, through the through the monologues through the lockdown. <clears throat> yeah, I, mean, I have to say that was that was quite um, it was quite a responsibility to be in the first week <laughs> monologues. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was um, very nervous about it because it's entirely different, you know, um, way of performing, and and to play to play a character where you're you're always with other people, and then suddenly to to have to do um, to do monologues was it was quite daunting, but really enjoyable, really, you know, a lovely challenge to have. Yeah, 
but yes, it it felt quite. I was like, oh well, it's David and <laughs> David and Josh, and then it's me and and and, uh, and Harrison. Great. I think part of that was food groups. Um, I do have a tendency, Susie, <laughs> to get a little bit geeky about script writing process, so I apologise. But I felt like when they were doing the monologues, when when um, Tracy came in, it was like, okay, we do need a bit of fun. We do need some. Uh, a change of you know a change of pace after a week of hearing David stomp around the farm well it was day it was one it was a day it was the same week I think because it was it? David and Josh on the Monday and then it was Tracy and Harrison on the Tuesday and then it was Dave and then some yeah I think I think I was sort of set in it was about four or five characters a week wasn't it yeah and they switched them up but yes I think there is always that kind of there are characters who are better suited to the comic I wonder percentage-wise how how much of the cast they actually got through in the monologues because not everyone. Yeah, got, I don't think got... it was much. I don't think it would have been a high percentage. Well, Toby's Toby's been a well for a while. I've been missing Toby. I was having to think about him mm. today because obviously Rex has been at the front of things. He he was he was in it. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's funny, isn't it? Because I I think oh he was in it the other week and it was probably about five months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it it's that time just. I think oh just. Haven't heard so and so for a while. It's been three years. <laughs> that kind of thing. I think they should go check on Hannah. She's gone into the pig. She went into the pigsty yeah. about eighteen months ago, and I haven't heard from her since. Yeah, I'd love to hear Hannah again. And the, Natasha as well. I mean, there's a few, isn't there? Who you think? Oh yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. Mm, what are they? Natasha doing? was given a Na- Natasha was given a proper run in the, the monologue, so wasn't she? Oh. I mean, one thing. Um, one thing I was thinking about was um, obviously, Susie, like you must have developed some skills to be sort of doing the um, doing the monologues, but also the show itself has kind of uh, become so much tighter because of the four episodes a week. So as an audience and as an actor, there's going to be a kind of a real uh, transition to get back when it. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, Yeah, because even just the um, sort of listening um, to listen to four episodes, which is under an hour, isn't it? Mm. It's kind of a different um, proposition. And I think, yes, stories have to be much more streamlined, I suppose, because, you know, they haven't there aren't as many words to um, to get the story out. Yeah, it feels like they're they're condensed more, um, which can really work, I think. Um, Yeah. Yeah. With with, you know, the Adam current storyline, for example, that kind of hit. Yeah, it's all it's all there in a week, isn't Mm. it? All four episodes. Yeah. But then, but then you've still got the still got the the fantastic, the um, overarching storylines that can still happen over over months and months. Yeah, yeah. People are finding Alice as a storyline really hard going, aren't they? But that's kind of that does run through everything a little bit, doesn't it? It affects Brian. It affects Adam. Yeah. Um, the, the Neil Sheila affairs yeah. because of that. Yes. That's, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yes, because yeah, if you start, if you sort of wrote did wrote Alice and put it in the middle of a circle, and then kind of yeah, put everyone around who it's who it's affecting, it's pretty much the whole village, isn't it? Well, yeah. we were saying last week that her whole decision wasn't it not to go to dinner that caused that was like a chain effect of everything that happened in the village. You know that they didn't need the babysitter, and then the toys came out the box, and then Brian found the accounting mishap. That was all yeah. because they didn't go to dinner at Pat and Tony's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's it's, and I suppose I mean that, and that's what that's what happens, I suppose, and yeah. the, and the and the emotions, those emotions that are running so high because of that, and it's going to impact everything else, because like, you know, because I'm like, well, you know, she's and she's Tracy's um, niece, 
niece-in-law. No, niece. Yes, niece-in-law. Is that a thing? I don't know if it is, <laughs> Susie, to be honest. <laughs> it it is now. Because, yeah. you know, Christopher mm-hmm. is her nephew. So uh-huh. Alice is her niece-in-law. And, and, and of course, um, and Martha's her great niece. So at some point, Tracy's going to get really, you know, stressed out about it. Just don't know when. Yeah, it hasn't really come into her orbit, has it, really, yet, the whole Alice thing? I know it's been mentioned in passing. No, I think there's been a few mentions, um, but but no. Um, yeah, some, yeah. I, expect, I expect it'll happen at some point. I don't know. Susie, um, yes. as a, a professional actor, how much time do you spend in the Maldives doing kind of uh, um, uh, sort of uh, holiday camp shows like Roman Not did? enough. Not enough? <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering that. Like, do you get a call? I mean, how many people do you know in the industry get a call to go do King Lear in the Maldives for, <laughs> for six months? Well, you know, it must happen, though. It must exist. I'm always jealous of I've got friends who've been out to America, you know, and done a tour. Um, you quite often have and well, they do the play, they do plays and then they have to do um, workshops with university students and, and things and high school students. Um, to pay their way but um and, and people who tour italy and um and all that stuff and i always think oh that'd be lovely i can't do it i've got two small children so um, did you did you do all of the gigs like standing outside the london dungeon to keep your equity equity card up to date and stuff no i i was a tour guide um but i was a tour guide for the bbc i just keep it in the family oh. um everything i've done <laughs> bbc branded through um yes i was a tour guide at television center um for three years <clears throat> and then at Broadcasting House as well oh. for another year after that. So um, so like Kenneth out of 30 Rock? I'm afraid I don't know 30 oh, Rock. Well, I would humbly suggest it's worth some of your valuable time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 30 Rock is one of those things that everyone has told me I should watch and I haven't watched it either. No, I yes. either. I'm currently fighting my way through Parks and Recreation. Oh, me too. Yeah. In What's fact, the... fight, by say fighting, we have actually stopped, but we need to get back into it. We, we've stopped early in, in Series 6. It starts to wane when Chris Pratt um, obviously is filming Guardians of the Galaxy mm. in the UK and has sort of forgotten how to play his character in Parks and Rec. Uh, that's a shame. My wife went off Chris Pratt when he lost the weight. Yes, me too. Well, it's, it's yeah. As a, as a character in Parks and Rec, he doesn't, it doesn't work. He's, he's not playing the character. I went off him when he married Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, who's, who's gonna who's gonna break this to poor Chris that he's lost? Well, <laughs> it's, it, I, I found an interesting study on yeah, watching him being like you're not you're not actually that char- your character, which this sitcom character that you've been playing for years and you can't play it because your your head's somewhere else and your body's somewhere else. I mean, I'm sure you you it's just a, a world of triathlons and uh, ultra marathons for you, um, Susie. But obviously, like Tracy's famous derriere does put you under a certain amount of pressure. If, does it? I was to say if it wasn't if it wasn't a radio show. Oh, yeah. crikey! You were talking about embo- Chris Pratt embodying the character. Yes, and, you know that's yeah. um, Tracy's. Uh, um, Tracy's, you know, posterior does get a lot of attention. It does, and her and her rather larger um, upper. Area. Oh, yes. oh, is that a thing? Yes. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Do you remember that, Kerry, when yeah, you were talking about it? I do. Um, yeah, but I've always envisaged Tracy with dark hair some, for some reason prior to seeing you, Susie. But I know it's a shame, isn't it? I, I imagine. <laughs> 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 no. 
Mm. For some no, reason, I, I imagine Jill Tyrrell from Nighty Night for Tracy. Because <laughs> I've not really thought about that. That phys- I mean, I, I am a keen netballer. So um, I do, I have um, an insight into the sports sports person's mind, although I'm much more <laughs> of the, I don't care if, I've, if we lose, as long as I've had fun playing, mm. which Tracy would just haven't short shrift with that um so uh yeah I mean I I can play sport and (laughs) enjoy it but I'm definitely not as well endowed as as uh Tracy have you ever got Um, your loud hailer out at a netball match (laughs) I don't need one um (laughs) that loud no not yet but maybe if I'm off injured one week I'll I'll take it along it's it's quite a small court you see though so it might be a bit obtrusive (laughs) Yeah, it's not quite the same as the cricket pitch. You do talk about bosoms on your new podcast, don't you? I do. I, I was I was going to say I start with I start with the size of my <laughs> and I think I, I did have a message from somebody saying. In fact, I've had I've had two different messages. One from a friend saying, "It starts with tits. I'm in. Um, <laughs> you had me at tits. That kind of thing." And then uh, and then um, other people another message saying, "Oh dear, I wasn't sure it was going to be for me." Um, when you started off talking about bits of ladies' bodies, um, that sounds horrible. But um, yeah, but then they were then they realised it was only a very brief conversation. Yes, it's um, a very gentle. Yes, and it was completely off the you know it was completely off the cuff. Well, if it if it works out for you, tip us the wink, and we can start introducing um, lady parts <laughs> chat into our uh, podcast. <laughs> well, it sounded like a disembodied. Yes, it sounded like I chopped somebody up there when I. Said P- it, but... Peter, you're t- you're talking as if one of the hosts of this show hasn't posted topless photos of himself to the social media account. <laughs> That's a good point. Pardon. What have I got to do here? <laughs> it gets very hot in Porto. Matthew, Matthew, you know, Matthew is by day an upstanding educator, uh, bringing up the fine young minds of uh, northern Portugal, and then by night, this sort of, you know, naturist um, roaming around his beautiful apartment with a guitar on his lap. Thank goodness there's a guitar. Yeah. There, there were there were a whole bunch of euphemisms when Neil and Shula were gardening this this. Um... Euphemisms. You, you spotted two meanings, Kerry. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get stuck right into your bush in a minute, Schuler. Yeah, was... We're soaking wet. It was most peculiar, wasn't it, that they were yeah. getting all giddy, and uh, it, it you could hear Neil's um, stresses fall away from him when when in the presence of of our Schuler. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes, the godly Schuler. Yeah. Susie, yeah. you should you should know something, Susie, right now that. Peter's worst nightmare is that Neil and Shula have an affair and um, Kerry's not not too keen on Shula altogether. Mm. I have threatened to quit the archers and, by extension, the cider shed if Neil and Shula happens. So why? Well, Well, aside from the fact it would... It's not very nice. I have thought about (laughs) it. So I'm going to just be sort of big... I I have thought about this. Basically, the, the... the thing about Shula is, is that obviously she's a nice person, but just as a character in the show, I don't. It's she's just so horribly nice and saccharine, and uh, uh, I, 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 you're, you're normally what I would do is I would sort of like fall effortlessly into a kind of like a mudslide of invective and swear words, <laughs> but you're kind of forcing me to try and be on my best behaviour, which is making me trip over myself. Um, I just can't stand her. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, goodness. 
Well, there has to be characters, you know, there, yeah. there are characters you love and characters you hate. I mean, it'd be, I think it'd be quite boring if you liked everybody. But imagine poor like, Susan. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to allow you to quit the archers for that. <laughs> yeah. But but imagine you. poor Susan. Goodness me. I know, I know. Oh, I love Susan. Exactly. I absolutely yeah, she adore is fantastic. Susan. She mm. is, she is fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be the reason I wouldn't, I would be. Mm. Very disappointed it would happen because my sister would be um well Tracy's sister. I know I'm I'm <laughs> you're gonna be worried about me, my mental health after <laughs> Does Susie actually think she's Tracy Hawk? Yes, I do. Um yeah, I think it's the um well I I actually I thought the scene with them mm. laughing after the you know getting soaked was absolutely lovely. I thought so. I th- well, first of all, as a as an actor appreciating acting, I thought it was beautifully played and and actually really nice to hear Shula being really relaxed yes and Neil I don't think she relaxes well. and Neil laughing relax. too yes, it, it was real yes. novelty especially at the moment because there are lots of fractious things mm. going on for him and Susan you know they're really yes. struggling aren't they to do their bit and then yeah, to hear God, him re- babies exhausting yeah of course even even in, in your prime it's hard work um wow, yeah so and it's a good point you make about the acting Susie like I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt Carrie but like one of the things that we have said in the past many times is our dislike of a character is almost a compliment to the actor sometimes Absolutely. yeah 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 I th- I'd agree with that um and in, in you know ev- in everything not just the archers but yeah um and they're they're yeah, I thought I thought it was really lovely, and it was just beautifully offset by absolutely awkward as anything. Alistair standing <laughs> <laughs> in the corner, going, mm-hmm. "What the?" <laughs> he wasn't laughing so much, was he? Not Alistair. really. No. Great. You kind of did. You forget he was there. I kind of kept forgetting he was there. Yeah. And then going, "Oh God, Alistair's there. This is awkward." Yeah. And then going, "Oh, it's really funny." Oh no, Alistair's there. This is. <laughs> That was played brilliantly, wasn't it? The sort of dead and, pan, uh, actually, uh, no, Sheila. Yeah, there was a special what, look in your eye. When was the time, was there, when um, Alistair came out of Kirsty's bathroom? Yes. With Gavin, with Gavin, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. No, and Gavin was there going, uh, what's going on? Yeah, he went there to take the a shower kind of there, polarity. didn't he? For some reason, yeah. That's yeah, this is this, is this what led to the um the laptop. This was when he didn't have electricity or hot water mm. or something, wasn't it? And he had to go, and then yeah, that was a hole with Gavin oh, putting Philip's yes. laptop in the wardrobe, which everyone yeah. obsessed with. And it was when Gavin and Kirsty weren't getting on, yeah, and he was being really horrible to get. Yes, yeah, yeah, but it kind of reminded me of that was like Alistair. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's always there when there's an awkward shower situation. Bless him. Um, yeah. Yes. But it was. But I also liked the conversation he had with Shula, which I thought was quite gentle. Yeah, she protested um, a little too much. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the phrase that came to my mind at the yeah. end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, with Neil, there, there were a couple of hints this week that he's not remembering things. And I'm really hoping that this isn't some early sign of some... You know, oh, yeah, like upset me. early onset something think, or other. Or do you think it's just stress? It could be stress, yeah. I'm hoping it is stress. Really, really yeah. hoping. I said to Kerry earlier on, it's a, a blessing for him if he can forget about his affair with Shula oh, yeah. um, <laughs> through the dementia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she could dress in her... <laughs> her, uh, her, 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 her d- she hasn't got one yet. The dog I collar. Said, yeah, she hasn't got one yet. No, she hasn't. I don't think. Yeah, she? but you can you can find them online. <laughs> she's probably had 
I bet she has got one. I bet she's been practicing. Mm. I mean, not to have an affair with Neil. I mean, you know, doing a couple of sermons in front yeah. of the mirror. The thing with Shula and this affair with um, with Neil is it is the kind of like the final expression of all of Jim's doubting of her credentials as a vicar way back when, to going backwards and forwards with Alan, uh, uh, you know, her, her moments of doubt. And then, you know, here it is, the chance to sort of be morally upstanding I, th- I mean it felt today like it's it was it felt like almost a hundred percent confirmation it's, 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 it's incoming and happening um obviously Susie you don't have to confirm or deny but that's well, how it felt I as mean, a listener if I could yeah. <laughs> I have no idea um so you did... don't see you, you you only have your narrow aperture onto the show then you only have your Tracy aperture yeah right uh, and and not even that um okay because it because you, you you have to kind of well you just you just have to wait for the the scripts um and i think if i think if you're in a i think if you're in a, so so for example um holly um and wilf who play alice and chris i'm sure they would have you know had some warning mm-hmm. <laughs> um that, that all that was going to happen I, I'm, and i'm sure you know so lots of research was taking place and stuff but um but with with every, everything else it is very much you just sort of wait and see and once the story once you once you're into something you kind of have an idea potentially of where it's going but yeah in terms of um uh, neil and shula absolutely not not a scooby um yeah but 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 i i felt like oh goodness um but but then she just had a conversation with alistair about it and i i don't know i don't know maybe maybe he's kind of maybe it would have done if he hadn't oh if he hadn't been there yeah or not even or it would have done eventually alistair's cock block neil maybe (laughs) i i I thought it was more that he's he's planted the seed now i think that was more what it was but that was just the other way around right okay so it's like it's a bit like um terminator you know he goes back but he's actually the one that causes it gosh so alistair is michael bean Shula is James Cameron's wife. Who's Arnie? <laughs> who's who's Arnie in this? Uh, well, who knows? Is it Neil? Uh, you know, Neil. Neil has a kind of a, a resolute indestructibility. <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very nice. Yeah, very nice. And then, and then throw his shoes. This is the thing about Neil, though. He's so nice, isn't he? He has been such a moral compass and a beautiful, beautiful mm. character recently. That yeah. if he goes down the Shula route, oh, no, it's gonna it, it's gonna be terrible. I don't think he would do that to Susan. No. I really don't. I just I think it'll be one. I I think it'll be you know the sort of. It it could ha it could have happened. It could maybe there'll be a nearly nearly nearly. I just don't think he would do that to Susan. He's t- he loves her too much. Yes. Do you think Alistair will mention it to Jim? Oh, and then Jim will mention it to Jazza, and then Jazza will mention it to Tracy, <laughs> and then she'll get a cricket bat and go around to Shula's. <laughs> well, because Alistair was saying, you know. Um, Oh, if the gossip gets around yeah, or gets yeah, out, yeah. and it was almost implying he might start it. <laughs> well, I did think that. Yeah. I did. I was. I thought Sheila was going to say, "Well, you know, if it does start, where's it?" <laughs> yeah, we'll know where it's come from. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah you, do, exactly. you do sometimes see these stories where there's been an infidelity, and the um, the scorned lover takes to a car, drives around the neighbourhood with a loud hailer, shouting what's happened. 
<laughs> outside the house. So maybe that yeah. could be that could be where Tracy pops up with all. Yeah, that. maybe that'll be the next the next block of scripts. Alistair asked to borrow Tracy's loud hailer. <laughs> she offers to go with him. Yeah, there is. I mean, that that is a possibility, isn't it? That actually, Alistair, Alistair, who thought he was so secure and over his breakup mm. with Shula, it might it might go in the other direction. And oh. this, you know, to is is you know reacting to what you guys were saying yeah this actually becomes a catalyst for Alistair having a little bit of a uh breakdown because you know Shula's been front and center for a while now and I do feel like they've gone over her her doubts about priesthood quite a lot like how much more gas is in the tank for that one I expect it's quite realistic though crikey yeah that's one of the problems I have with the current the, the, the four days a week at the moment is that normally Normally, when you have the five days or six days, what is it? Yeah, five, six when you've got the Sunday, you've got room in the week for a silly episode where you you have nothing but Jim and um, mm. you know Jim being you know in in the in the bird hide you know arguing with Robert or something. Yeah. Whereas God. at the moment, because you've got the four a week, it there's nowhere to hide from these big plot lines. Yeah. So I think that's part of my visceral reaction to the shooter and Neil thing. It's like, oh God, it's going to be all over. Uh, us. Excuse me, what about Eddie's mm. limo? <laughs> this yeah. week that's a good point that, that was, was some silly nonsense. yeah <laughs> that was a silly funny bit wasn't it this week which i rather yeah. liked it's so preposterous that he has a limousine uh, <laughs> i just don't know how he gets down the country lanes no. um, that's a very good point. i love that i love the idea of him kind of getting stuck in a um uh that austin powers um I was stuck in the it's hallway. A, it's a random reference. Very long corridor, tiny car in, yes. in Austin Powers. And you get, and it's, like, it's like a 506 point turn. Yeah. It's a very, very funny scene. We'll, po- um, we'll post We'll post that gif on the, on Sunday. Yes. It makes me, yeah. I mean, I'm laughing now and it's just in my head. Um, and they keep cutting back to it, don't they? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yes. But that's that's Eddie kind of, mm, yeah. It is. Jack Knight on the... On the sharp corner bend. with Linda waving at Evangeline Lowminster <laughs> oh brilliant I love that she can just yeah uh the ability to just paint that picture mm. she just told the story and it and I, oh gosh I was there yeah cheering her on that wicked streak in her is great isn't it how it suddenly yes. occurred to her, I know where I want to go Darrington yes, yes straight away she knew what she yeah. wanted to do yeah. She, she was already on the way there because she was reciting that poem, wasn't she, about her winged chariot? Mm. And then yes. uh, next thing she knew, I remember having to do that in English lit, that poem. So, yeah. Did you get in a limo straight after? <laughs> I did not, unfortunately. We, we were no, saying last week... English much more fun. <laughs> yes. Mm. We were saying last week about the... Um, the exclusivity of a limo now is not really such a big thing because you know if you when I was a kid if you saw a limo you thought it was someone famous whereas now you just think it's like a graduation or a hen party. I know, but I like know. I like the way that I thought first of all they were just going to say oh well Tracy and Clary like it because we've talked before about how there's this it's like class snobbery in the archers mm. about taste and stuff like this but Jill and Peggy were equally taken yes. with it weren't they? oh yeah well it sounds very nice inside um yes this was a bit of and i suppose actually after not going anywhere for a very long time going somewhere in a bit of a kind of yeah it's a real bit of space no one else in there probably don't have to wear a mask you're that far away from the driver Mm. yeah rex is not happy about it rex's cab can just yeah forget that i'd rather have a limo stretch out in the back surely rex just needs to write some stinging reviews on social media like he did with david's barn that was a shocker. 
I was absolutely appalled by that. I was, I was on David's behalf, incandescent. <laughs> yeah, and he actually climbed down from his incandescence rather swiftly for David. He did. I thought he was mm. incredibly gracious, mm. considering what he what he'd done. Yeah, yeah, I was very cross with Rex. I was shocked. <laughs> Yeah, Rex. Rex has been Rex. I'm quite curious what they're going to do with him. Like Hannah, Hannah. I had high hopes that she was going to be Jazz's, um, you know, love interest because we think we all, all, we're all desperate for for Jazza to pair up. So thank you for that. Susan. Good. That's, um, that's fine. <laughs> and then and then, but then Hannah obviously became a baddie quite quickly. But Rex has been going all over the place. You know, he's he's sort of he's scheming with Vince. He's uh, he's developed a backbone recently. He's um, he's going toe to toe with Eddie. It's quite you know anyone. Anyway, I'm, I'm quite quite curious. I don't know. I think he's. I think he is confused, isn't he, as a person? Mm. Um, he's he, he's sort of never. I think he's just discovering what he kind of wants to do, um, and his footing has been unsure in the world. So maybe maybe that's kind of um, a concrete display of that this kind of being a bit all over the shop and uh, I suppose his relationship with his father is probably a massive um part of that and Toby he's always had to look after Toby mm-hmm. now Toby's mm-hmm. nowhere to be seen for quite a long time yeah he mentioned that to Phoebe about his father didn't he with the whole Roy thing he said I wish oh, my dad yeah, would yeah. take as much interest in what I did as your dad yeah. does his um his everyone's mentioning on social media how quickly his pulled pork got on the menu at the orangery <laughs> like where one theory was that david was throwing them off the roof <laughs> <laughs> what the pigs yes what hundreds of dead pigs to kind of do something yeah, with. to speed up the process but um <laughs> yeah as a former professional chef matthew is there any scientific value to that throwing pig carcasses off roofs to tenderize the meat no i don't think so would it say I mean, that on the menu yes i mean people yeah don't people pay like mega bucks for wagyu beef which is this mm. beef that basically sits in a cow that sits in a hammock for four years listening to whale music and god i love that so they're not stressed at all good and over go and apparently that yes. makes the meat the meat is just completely tender and soft because there's no stress in the animal's body no muscle so throwing a pig off Lower Loxley roof is probably the polar opposite of that. Mm. I mean, yeah, that is that's a, a good thing for the fates, isn't it? You could pay to fling some pigs off. Throw a, a pig off a roof. <laughs> yeah. Forget mole, whack-a-mole. Um, hmm. Pig flinging are is you, the new thing. Are you a fan of Vince Casey as a as a character? Yeah, yeah. I am. Good. I think he. I think he. He's a character that has the ability to be. Um, very funny, mm. uh, but also you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side. Yeah. Uh, and I felt I, I I've loved the kind of development of his of his character, and I love hearing um, you know the the real Brummy accent um, mm. on Radio Four. That was a question, myself. actually, Susie. Where <laughs> what where are you? I I got a question on the email about where are you from? Me personally, yeah. Well, I was born in Aberdeen and brought up in Birmingham. Right. Okay. Uh, so there was lots of curiosity about your accents and Tracy's accent. Well, they're not similar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose, and my, and I, I went to university in Newcastle and I went to drama school in Cardiff. So I've kind of, you know, mm. gone a bit all over the place per, uh, as Susie. Um, so do you, do you wonder when you, when you go back to these various places, do you tend to sort of like, like a chameleon sort of, segue into them 
I think with I think with Birmingham there isn't yeah a bit of an element of of a bit of a Brummy accent creep, creeping in um, with with my family and and um, and friends and things. And if I meet a, a Brummy in in London and we end up going, oh, you're from Birmingham, great. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, I, I don't think I ever had a Geordie accent. Um, but my my family are Scottish, um, so I end up doing a lot of Scottish. Um, Audiobooks, actually, that's my kind of, oh. <laughs> and and Scouse for some reason. Yeah, I mean, well, Tr- Tracy, yeah, Tracy's, I would say, Borsetshire. Mm. Um, and I, I actually think because I, I, I suppose in terms of vocally, her and Susan don't sound very similar. Mm. But then I, I think oh, when I listen to when I hear Chris, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, there, there's um, I can hear the the, the similarity there. Um, and the th- the threads, because I suppose there isn't a there isn't a an accent that's exactly the same for everybody. No. Um, but then I think that's partly that's how it is really. When with real people, yeah, and you kind of have elements of where who, who you're friends with and where you where you hung out and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm from Bristol, and I get roundly mocked by Kerry and Peter for my. West Country you've got quite, You've got a mild Bristol accent, haven't you? Yeah, a lot of my friends have been listening to this podcast have said, God, you can really hear it when you say the archers. <laughs> you can. <laughs> um, Lovely. But yeah. there's this, but um, yeah, it's, even in Bristol, there's just a, such a wide variety of accents in the yeah. same city. You know? yeah. the, and when I used to live there, I mean, I haven't lived in the UK for 20 years now, but I would, I used to be able to tell like, all right, he's from North Bristol they're from south bristol and so, but that thing with like you talked about like ben rory and josh a lot of that they're the they're the trio that people had tru- trouble telling the difference between sometimes aren't they i and can the, i can tell that i can tell them i i can now as well i can now as well yeah. but i think it's that it is that kind of um that spreading of the estuary english isn't it that kind of it kind of um waters everything down a bit so i think people sometimes they like a good accent in the archer so you're definitely flying the flag for that yeah <laughs> well it it does help to um yeah it helps to kind of yeah put your flag in the ground um but i think with i think when when a character hasn't got a, a defining accent i suppose or or vocal you know because there's some I, for example, Eddie couldn't. If he didn't have an accent, you would still, he would still be incredibly distinctive, because his vocal quality is so interesting. Mm. I, I just love listening to him. <laughs> I, he's got something about his voice that I've never heard in anyone else, and it's almost, um, it's like a, a, the, the resonance in his voice is so incredible. It's almost metallic. The sound mm. that he makes—that uh, sounds weird. I'm not describing it no, very it well because that doesn't sound very complimentary. But I, I find his voice absolutely amazing, and um, and that's that's just you know that's Trevor's incredibly resonant voice mm. and this wonderful quality. But yeah, the, the what, I think when a new character comes in, and especially because those are three young men, um, so there's there's that that their tone is going to be quite similar i suppose because they they haven't you know smoked five million cigarettes and (laughs) (laughs) been ravaged by age um but uh, but now i mean i can tell them you know if if i'm listening i know who it is Mm. absolutely 
I like the idea of like Ben going off to be a nurse in Cornwall for a while and coming back after five years. Like, all right, my lover. <laughs> yeah, and that happens, doesn't it? I, th- I I went to Australia for a year when I was, um, you know, after university, and um, I remember ringing home and everyone always going, "Oh, you sound so Australian." Yeah, <laughs> I was I was out there for well, a good few did. years. Visit visited my mum's family all live out in West Australia. Right. Came back to England. And everyone was like. He, why are you talking Australian? <laughs> and then, why are you calling a documentary a doco all of a sudden? And then, yeah. you know, and then I moved to Ireland and I was there for like a decade, but half, sometimes I'd be calling my family in Australia and they'd be like, you sound Irish. Mm. But the Irish people would be telling me, you sound Australian. Yes. But, uh, hang on a second. But you, how have you managed to live in all these places for so long? <laughs> you, um, you, you kind of got the elixir of youth or something. Oh, you don't well, look old enough. <laughs> um. No, I'm, well, we'll come to some of the things you touched in in your podcast. I'm, four, I'll be 47 next month. Okay, so um, I, I suppose I'm thinking, how was it 20 years since I was in Australia? <laughs> More than. Yeah, I, yeah. I was there at the yeah, like beginning of the, the, the millennium. So I was there yeah. for a few years and then yeah. went from there to Ireland and then Ireland. Oh my God, where next? Brazil. He's basically Brazil on the Port- run, Portugal. Susie. We haven't worked out yeah. what for yet. Yes. It's Interpol after you. We've yeah. promised there'll be a Q&A with Kerry and a Q&A with me at some point. <laughs> and I thought someone might ask that question, but there isn't anything that... Um, so you preempted them there, Susie. So thank you. I got it out of the way. <laughs> well, no, I'm fascinated. I want to know more. We're actually very close to the Kerry Q&A. So Susie, hopefully you being on here will be the thing that tips us oh, yeah. into finally, you know, I mean, Kerry's such a shy and retiring person. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be, you know, wonderful to sort of try and tease her out of her shell and get her to spill the beans. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. We, we've, we've set this challenge, Susie, if we hit a certain number of, um, um, subs- not subscribers, what are they called? You know, people downloads. who listen to downloads, that's it, the podcast. Yeah. That um, will I will welcome any questions. And I have said anything. Oh. I'll uh, just chuck it at me. I will answer. Wow. Yeah. And I've said I won't answer everything. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, um, because you've been an international assassin touring the world, mercilessly slaughtering people <laughs> by the dozen. So, what, you know. Yeah, it's what? understandable. But we, we had a question sent in by from Owen Kiffin one of our listeners for you Susie she and he asks what yes. do you think the similarities and differences are between you and Tracy good question um similarities we look very similar <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're about the same height <laughs> um I think I think we both like people very much mm. um and we like communicating with people uh quite loudly at times <laughs> um we both like having having fun um and you know seeing the lighter side of things i think although i'm probably far more prone to be, to to going oh god everything's dreadful whereas uh in the in the off moments where mm. as tracy kind of manages to perk herself back just up rolls your sleeves up and gets on with it I doesn't know. She? I w- and that's one of the things i'd like more i'd like to have a bit more of yeah she's quite practical isn't she yeah very resilient yeah mm. and i think that and think i think she's had to be and and i think there is something about her being a single mum um that has that's you know 
it, in that situation, you've, you, the buck stops yeah. with her. So she's just got to do it. Whereas I can just go, oh, to, you know, to my husband, <laughs> can, you please, can you please get the washing in? Mm. I can't be bothered. So the Maldives or the, or the six and the two-year-old who would win in that, you know, obviously Tracy made the decision to pick her kids, but... Oh gosh, I couldn't leave them. Can you imagine if you said no? It's definitely the Maltese social services. Bring them. <laughs> I would leave them behind. <laughs> I did assume that Susie would go along, would say the right thing. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, what a scoop. Well, <laughs> I um because you know I I I'm I'm a jobbing actor and um and I oh I'd love to go oh, I'd love to tour, you know, the Outer Hebrides um. Oh, I'd love to do a play in, I don't know, anywhere, <laughs> Manchester or wherever, just not even very far. But actually, the reality of that is it's quite difficult because I don't really want to leave my kids for longer than four days. Um, I'd miss them. So it's, it's quite tricky because you, you're kind of a bit, it's, it's a, yeah, I've completely gone off the question that you asked me, but but I'm just yeah. <laughs> the psychology of being an actor, you, you kind of desperately want to work. And at the same time, you it's actually because when you do do a play or something it's so all-encompassing and you're so consumed by it you it's like being in a bubble um it's quite difficult to do when you've got little children does that psychology do you feel even i mean because i think that the a gig in the arches is as close to a kind of solid gig as you get in the acting game right you know it just even with that is there still that kind of almost sort of learnt paranoia about sort of wanting to accept things or wanting to sort of keep you know keep your diary full um I don't know if I I I don't feel that so much because I am looking after you know my nearly three-year-old actually three next week I think it's different for me at the moment um but previously it's it's that oh I can't possibly go on holiday because that'll be when right yeah yeah the bill and time's got by wants to book me um it, it's that silly you know you can't let yourself relax just in case mm. just in case someone books and it has happened to me i've you know lost a job because i had booked a holiday and i wasn't gonna not go on the holiday i um i do a lot of voice work and that's slightly easier to manage because it's often a day here or there or a couple of days if you're recording an audiobook or something um but it's still it's still tricky to logistically with with the kids because they're not because you know my my youngest one isn't in full-time childcare, mm. so there is a lot of all right can the grandparents pick him up here and then can, <laughs> lots of spinning plates and yes, juggling yeah. and yeah. although i have time. to say yeah mm. easier with easier now that husband works from home all the time mm. so i think some good things have come out of you know the the uh reworking of the working day, the working yeah. life. It's, is it your daughter that does the continuity on limited time only? It is, yes. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the, because um, we just bleep out all the the f f bombs on here. But I like the way that you dealt with it in the first episode. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a little warning yeah. uh, from Beatrice. That there was um, there was zero shock in her voice about the concept of swearing or the idea that swearing might be something to need to be. Um, danced around. What in, in in my daughter's voice? Yeah, it didn't sound like it didn't sound like it would have taken too long to explain what the the the, the meaning of the the, the bit was. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but she she's never heard a swear word. I'm sure, yes. <laughs> uh, 
Never at all. Not even this <laughs> evening. Several times. Um, yes, we won't. Oh, <laughs> let's not go there. That's so cool. um, yeah, that's probably where Tracy and I are quite similar. I expect Tracy um, drops a good f bomb. I'm, um, I'm amazed that my little my little boy is slightly younger than uh, your daughter, but I'm absolutely amazed that he's never sworn. I just can't believe that it hasn't happened. He's, you know, two and a bit, and he's well, got every yeah. other word. Yeah, well, the littlest one, the, my my little boy. So he's oh, three sorry. next week, yeah. and he just said um, the other the other day, <laughs> my daughter was asking him about you know what color is this, blue. What color is this? Red. What what color is that? That's f-ing green. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> why why do, you, why do you think she settled on um, green to put the f bomb in front of Susie? I I have honestly no idea. It was it was quite brilliant. Because something happened with the neighbor's kid when I was about fourteen. I used to tor- torment my neighbors playing my electric guitar, and one time I was downstairs on the. Uh, in the back garden on the patio and their two-year-old kid next door looked over the fence and he was like Matthew is that your guitar and I went yeah he went is that your f-ing guitar <laughs> and I was like oh his parents don't like yeah. me <laughs> oh oh yeah oh god that's brilliant I, I think you were right about the fact that Tracy is probably of the of the Ambridge um, population she she would probably have a good you know one or two per per sentence yeah, you know, I think in real life. I think, um, yeah, I mean, in similarities, I, I do think I kind of would get because I, obviously my kids aren't teenage, and I, I'm sort of, um, you know, I, I haven't yet hand, had to handle a teenager who doesn't want to get downstairs and get get to school. Um, looking forward to that, um, but I kind of can empathise with her. I think. Do you think? Do you think Tracy would have been us um, issuing expletives when she was on the back of Jazz's bike? Oh my goodness! Yes, he wouldn't have been able to hear them, would he, through the um, helmet? Yeah, because when that when we had that episode, I, I I I was talking about it on the pod afterwards, and I I said to Kerry and Peter, I assume you've both been pillion passengers on motorcycles before, and both of them roundly came back, no, I so haven't. I, yeah, okay, that's oh, what I was interested to ask. I I've been on, mm, I've not I've not been on one of those massive motorbikes. I I'm you know that must be a big motorbike that he's got. Um. I've been on a, a much smaller, not a moped. Like one of those 50cc things, like the ones that kids get when they leave school. Maybe something like that. It's just a hedge, hedge trimmer with wheels on. Yeah, we used to call them <laughs> hair dryers. I mean, the school bully had one in our neighbourhood, but we never got bullied because we could hear him coming from a, a mile away. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, I've never been on the back of a huge, mo- a huge terrifying motorbike, no. One of the questions we had was from Leslie Greaves. She said, I think one of Trace's good points is that she's brave. So can you can you ask Susie why she was such a wimp on the back of Jazz's bike? Oh. <laughs> well. It was wuss was the, the name wuss. that was used, wasn't it? But, I yeah. think I think it's very different. I think I think there's a different kind of bravery, isn't it, really? I think there's emotional bravery and there's and fear of your life yeah. ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> it's also that idea you know i know, don't want to read too much into it but she's a mother as well and she's on the back of a bike and jazz is driving crazily she's got to think about you want to get you want to get off it at the end of the ride don't you so that's 100 yeah. percent true I, I i think it's i think it's very telling how sport how having children affects certain types of sportsmen you know and how they can't compete at the highest level anymore because that that fear of oh. letting down their kids is there 
Oh, really? I think That's so. Interesting. I'm so much more wimpy now I've got a kid. Hey, speaking of sport, there was another question from Richard <laughs> Beveridge for you. And, and he said, Tracy has made her mark as the village's cricket captain with a unique approach to fitness and preparation, as well as yes. relations between Ambridge and other clubs. Does Susie have a sport? And I know you mentioned netball earlier, but um, do you have a sport? And if so, what is it? And why did you select it? He's asked. <laughs> oh, well, yes. I mean, the only, so I do two things at the moment. Well, no, three. I, um, I do yoga. Uh, every day, every morning, um, sometimes for only five minutes, but sometimes a bit longer. Uh, I go swimming. Um, there's actually a there's a there's a lake near us, near where I live, and uh, you can you have to pay, but you go go swimming in there with all the ducks, and that's quite fun. Uh, and, and I went the other day, and it was absolutely freezing and raining. I thought, why am I doing this? <laughs> but you know, I felt I felt. Um, quite smug after that um and I do play I play netball and I have played netball for the last uh six no five years and I hadn't played um before that for about 20 years since school and it was always something I'd I thought oh, I'd love to play netball again mm. and then I suddenly I thought why why am I not playing it let then? me guess are you Just a center it? or wing attack some sort of nippy wing little attack. I knew it I knew it yes <laughs> <laughs> Kerry, if you hadn't asked, I was going to. I know that for netball netball people, that would be an absolutely essential question to nail yes. down Susie's position. Yeah. I was goal yeah. attack or well, goal shooter. Oh, uh, kudos. A respect for you. I think anyone who shoots is amazing. Yeah, but no, you're the nippy one, aren't you? Is, is there a personality type? Yeah, 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 definitely. You're quite nippy and not aggressive, but <laughs> yes, aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Like a little yappy dog. Yes. Um, well, I, I do play. I used to play centre at school. That's that was my position. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm too knackered for that. I played it. I played centre for one quarter a few weeks ago, and and uh, you know, it's only about ten minutes long. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're very okay. busy as yeah. a centre, aren't you? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I, I did have a game as centre a few a month or so ago when our our centre was off. But she's she's an Australian. She's a very short Australian, um, incredible stamina. Mm. Um, she and the height she gets to when she jumps it's it's good it's fun it's a, a mm. league and um we play a, play a season and we play each team twice and then um yeah I, I i think it's great fun I, and i think team for me teams the team sports just yeah I, I i'd much rather do that than go for a massive long run on my own you know mm. i'd be absolutely bored out of my mind um I like being on court for 40 minutes, 45 minutes and not thinking about anything else except where's that ball going. I love it. I think that's probably what Tracy gets out of cricket as well. I think that's probably what everyone gets out of sport, isn't it? Partly. Yeah. It's that focus on something entirely not to do with the rest of your life and you can constant that's what you're concentrating on and nothing else matters at that point. It's also it's nice fun. to be good at something. I mean it's it's you know like being good at sport I didn't is I was such good. <laughs> Okay, so the moment, the moments when you, the moments where you, you know, you feel you're you know, on your game. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's such an uncomplicated sense of achievement. It doesn't yes. have any, you know, it's not, you know, you don't have to reference it to anything. It's just bam, that yeah. thirty seconds was amazing. Yes, it's 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 sublime, actually, isn't it? The, but the, and it is funny because sometimes in a game it happens where I, I've done it. I've, I've, 
I've thrown thrown to my for the to the GS possibly mm-hmm. in the circle, <laughs> and absolutely beautiful over the top of the the two defenders and into her arms, and um, and then I go, good God, how, how did I just how did that happen? <laughs> how did I do that? But you but you don't. Mm. I, I suppose it, and I suppose that's where that's where stage fright and things like that happen, aren't they? When you when you start thinking about it before you're doing it, you yeah. Know, how am I going to do that? But but actually, do think about it afterwards is fine. But yeah, it's that bam, 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 bam. Very fast-paced netball. Yes, yeah, so well. fun. Yeah, it's good. Well, oh gosh, I mean the the, inter- the you know the professional teams, mm. amazing, absolutely amazing, and so fit. Have you um, had a go at handball? Is uh, no. Okay. What is that? Is that when it's not volleyball? It's the German no, Dutch thing. It's kind of it's like a, a passing game, but it's like football, but with the hands, and there's still a goalie you have to score past. If the sound's off, it would look like um, uh, 10 huge uh, um, sort of Nordic guys doing impersonations of jumping starfish, kind of leaping around. Um, <laughs> it sounds great. Yes. No, I haven't tried that. My first, my first week in Brazil, I agreed to go in goal because this female <laughs> league were um, a girl down. So I went in the goal and it was basically like being in the stocks and having things pelted at you for 90 minutes. It's I'm not ter- sure. Absolutely terrifying to be a <laughs> be a gold um goalkeeper in oh handball. my goodness yeah it's in the olympics well, now though isn't it it's actually in the olympics is it yeah well i mean anyone who's a goalie i mean mm. I-, I was actually being goalie for my six-year-old kicking a ball at me the other day and i was terrified <laughs> have you watched any of the euros do you like football in your household or not i have to say i haven't okay and and i do i do like i do like football and i i might watch England, Germany, Germany Tuesday. Yeah. Is that Tuesday? Yeah. Yes, I'm actually going to be at my dad's house that day, um, so I think I will watch. And and in the past, I have watched um, internationals, and, mm. um, but I just haven't got time at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I'm editing the podcast <laughs> till about half past twelve it's, every it's night. A, it's a win-win for me that game. It doesn't matter who wins really. My dad was born in Germany, so I can just. Uh... My mum was born in Scotland. I was like raised in England, so I can just enjoy the whole thing. Yeah, I, I will watch that. I will watch that one. I do. I know we talked about. I'm just going to squeeze one more out because um, someone Excuse asked me. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, Rob, Rob Williams. He said, um, "You're like this with your dual personality." He said, "When you speak to Tr- Tracy slash Susie, ask <laughs> ask if she's had a postcard from Roman." Now, I mean, I know it's, but you know. That's has she? We don't know. But I was thinking, building more on that, yeah. would she tell Jazzer if she Ooh. had? And do you think maybe there's been a Zoom call or two, or there's still a WhatsApp there? Or... Oh goodness, that's interesting, isn't it? I, I don't think they've zoomed. I, do you reckon he might have? He might have sent her a, a text or something because it wasn't. WhatsApp? They didn't part on terrible terms, no, did they? They parted very, very, very well. Um, but just, yeah, that realised that they didn't actually love each other, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Ones, well, there was a wonderful tweet at the time that someone tweeted out, that's not the first time the Scots have seen off the Romans, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> just the best name ever. Yeah. Best character name ever. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm that sad. I'd probably write myself a postcard from Roman and stick it on the wall. Um <laughs> Just to stir things <laughs> up a bit with Jazza, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. That's a really, yeah. That's mm. a very interesting question. Would she tell Jazza? Um, I, I suppose it depends what it said. 
I intensely disliked Roman before he was even a speaking character, just for straying anywhere near what I very much perceived to be Jazz's turf. Not oh, really? To, not that, to... you, were, you really were there already with Jazz yes. and Sophie? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. I was a very, very keen, very early that they should get together. And I find oh. I find any hint of any sort of uh, speed bumps in their road quite upsetting. I want them to be happy. I want them to move in together. I want it was them... a year-long mm. yeah. speed bump, wasn't it? It was. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I'm glad um, that you're happy about it. <laughs> no, well, thank you very much, Susie. Yeah. I am too. I liked the way that you delivered the news to your sister on the show because she was just unloading with all these terrible faults of Jazza. And I think you just said, I'm seeing him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very... It was great. She's like, oh, he's awful, isn't he? He's got more than one job. Um, yeah. But we go now. <laughs> Susie, who was it you said earlier on that was the the reaction to them was snobbery? Um, uh, oh, to, it was to Tracy, wasn't it? Maybe to Tracy, some of Tracy's rough edges. On the desk I just, of the hotel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 thank you. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way with Jazza. Jazza's, what I feel is self-evident goodness. It's always shocked me that people in the visit, village and also listeners haven't got that as well. I feel that's why, for me, they're such a good couple because they're, you know, they're, they're different people, but fundamentally their values are kind of like, you know, in very close. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They, they've kind of, they've... Yeah, they understand each other. Um, yeah, and they are—they are both. They're both. I think they're both pretty honest. Although Jazza does have a tendency to do slightly more off the radar things, doesn't he? If if um, Jazza and uh, Tracy ever do sort of, um, if not necessarily get married, I don't think it's necessarily their style. But Tracy owes Jim a huge debt of gratitude for knocking off so many, you know, polishing him up and uh, getting him ready for, for, for life, you know, indoors. <laughs> yeah. It's occurring oh. to Jazza now, isn't it, that now is the time to settle down. There are loads of signs that that's what he wants to do and he's trying to impress her with that. So, yeah, he's getting there. He seems to have, how is it? Because he's, how old is Jazza and... Is he 40? He's 39 or something. Yeah, he's, yeah, some late 30s. He's, he's late 30s. Mm. Yeah, I think he's, well, yeah. It's Tracy he's my age. Is Tracy on. about 46? Yes. Right, yeah. yeah. I think she's. I think it's her birthday soon, actually. Okay. Ah, so, so we're, the, we're all the same age, Peter, me and Tracy. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Jim did a hatchet job on Jade just by serving up a salad, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Poor Jim. He, t- he was trying so hard. He was. I, I know. You know. I'm, quite I'm fiercely defensive of Jim. That was. He is, she, she he is absolutely me. glorious and gorgeous. And yes, yeah, it was wonderful. And that the guy who plays him, there's a bit of the Jean Luc Picard's about him. He's got a kind of oh, a, yeah. a hairless handsomeness. Handsome. Yes. Yeah. But he does in real life, to be honest. Yeah, that's what, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a yeah, yeah. looking man. Yeah. Oh, I tell yeah. you what, I loved, and I went looking for it the other day when you did your special. Tracy Horobin's Guide to Ambridge. It won't be on there anymore, will yeah, it? Yeah, I couldn't find it. No. Where you sang you sang um, the theme tune at the end yourself. <laughs> I love that. But I was trying to remember, did you pontificate that you could marry into Oliver's family and live as a lady of the manor? Or there was something at the end. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, she was laughing about people thinking that there was ever going to be anything between her and Oliver. Right, okay. But then she did quite like the idea of, Lady, mm. Lady Tracy Oregon. Yeah, that was great, that thing. And people, that was way before lockdown, wasn't it? People really still talk about that, yeah. the, the hope that you and Oliver might still 
get together. Well, you know, mm. it's still in the back of my mind too. <laughs> I just, I adore him as well. I mean, yeah, as I said before, I just want to be in Grey Gables reception with Linda and Oliver. So Susie, you're on our podcast, um, but haven't you been doing one as well? It's called Limited Time Only, and it's hosted by me and a friend I've had for 31 years, uh, since we were not even born, um, Esther Stanford. And uh, we it's a mix of chat and comedy sketches and interviews with interesting people. So it's it's not kind of a, st- you know, I don't say a standard podcast, you know, an, an interview. Um, there's lots of uh, lots of stuff going on. And each week we have a theme kind of related to the idea of we've only have limited time on this planet and oh my goodness it's going fast um so and everything in that episode is kind of related to the theme however loosely um and yeah it's a lot of fun we could we say it's a pick me up in podcast form because we it's quite light um it's meant to be fun and funny and um and i hope it is (laughs) And and it's available on all major podcast apps and uh, also through our website, which is um, limitedtimeonlypodcast.com. Um, yeah, and it's great. And it's it's been fun to do. I've, I've loved doing it because it's been a real fantastic creative outlet. Um, it got me through a, a morning of tedious work the other day. I, if oh, good. I, if I flew through a bunch of, um, uh, you know, rather mundane tasks. Thank you very much. I think that's that's what it's good for. I think I've, I've, people have been cleaning a lot in listening to it, <laughs> which I think is great because, yeah, you, you want something that's going to make the, the time pass mm. um, the quickly. Gu- guessing the ages of celebrities, that features. I got so many yes. of those wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Esther's a bit freaky there. She does know lots yes. of people's birthdays. Yeah. Very, it's, it, is, it is an uncanny ability. Um <laughs> Yeah, but each episode. So this, the, our um, our second episode was released today, um, and that's all about. It's called "Time for Mindless Scrolling," and it's all about social media, um, and you know how we feel about social media mm. and kind of phones in general, really, and how we're kind of tied to it, and it's dreadful, but yet also brilliant, mm. um, and uh, all about that. And there's a there's a there's a document there's a sketch which is a documentary. Um, featuring a, a, someone who's addicted to social media and their social media addiction counsellor. And um, <laughs> and over the course of the sketch, they kind of switch places, <laughs> which, which is, is quite nice. Um, a convergence and then away. And then, yeah. Um, and an interview with the social media guru. I like that um that touching on the the actual the actual fear that if somebody calls you on your phone you're like I'm not answering that <laughs> who is calling me on this device you know because I mean I, I, I had to write a transcript it, it's a weird thing. you know I, I wrote a transcript for my students and just so they could do a reading exercise and it was two kids talking about planning to go to the cinema and when yeah. I was marking the thing one of the kids written in the bottom kids don't talk on phones <laughs> <gasps> brutal wow yeah boomer yeah i know <laughs> gosh that is that's yeah but it, it, i do feel like um it's a shock when my phone rings um yeah. and i can't i can't i generally don't answer it kerry kerry um kerry uh <laughs> for a while explained well she she gave me a very 
direct hint, which was, Peter, you're pretty much the only person I answered the phone to. And I think that the, there was a lines for me to read between. And I'd rather not have to answer the phone to you as well. Well, <laughs> it's just without what normally people say, you know, there's a preemptive message going, can you talk or, you know, yeah, shall yeah, we have a phone that. call? Terrible. Peter just like barges straight into your day with a phone call. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, but in, yeah. Well, it's, it's, yeah, I, I kind of, last week I decided, because I don't, I don't ring people either. I don't ring people. Mm. Um, I think oh, I'll ring them. I'll ring them another time because I know it, it takes a while. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to ring someone you haven't spoken to for ages, you need a good half an hour at least. Yeah, it's really intrusive, I, I isn't like it? I haven't got time. To suddenly presume yeah. someone's going to be available. That, that's yes. a weird what? thing nowadays. Yeah. Kerry, yes. I, I am a gift to the universe. Why would I deprive my friends and family of the opportunity <laughs> to hear me talking about myself? And that's why I answer. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Good point. Yeah. Aww. More terrifying than that, the unannounced and not arranged video call. Oh, God, no. That's a no-no. Who does that? I know some people that do it. Grandparents. Oh, well. Yeah. No. no need for that. No oh, by the way, all. if my parents are listening, that's fine. You, you guys, <laughs> you've seen it all. But yeah. anyone else, f*** off. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I've started doing is if I, get a te- if I get a message from somebody and I think, oh, I'd love to speak to them, I just ring them now. Mm. I've, tr- I've tried to start ringing people because I never will speak to anybody ever again if I don't. Yeah, that's true. I'm and bigger... I, so I rang, you know, I rang my dad last week for the first time in ages. So I thought, why am I messaging? We're messaging to and fro about something that we could speak about. Mm. And then it'd be just nice to have a chat. So the, basically what, what we're getting to is the problem is not the technology, it's the etiquette that surrounds it. A text yeah. a text message is basically an invitation to to then get in touch in any way that's um, most, yeah. most appropriate. Yeah. Um, I'm now going to do buckling for untidy segue talking of getting in touch see right oh nice the magic happening live um kerry what's our twitter handle our twitter handle is at the cider shed pod kerry has been doing sterling work reaching out to the to, to everyone um and we've been having a lot of fun there matthew has um taken the bold uh, step of opening up an instagram page for us ooh, where's that ooh, matthew? I, I saw oh <laughs> yeah yeah i was um it's something I've been meaning to do for a while and then listen to Susie's podcast, Susie and Esther's podcast this morning. I was like, yeah, I need to get on that. I need to do do something. It was your your guru that kind of pushed me to do it. Oh. So, um, yeah, I got around oh, to doing that. Great. So we're the Cider, um, the Cider Shed Pod on Instagram. And um, I also look after the Facebook, which is the Cider Shed Podcast. Lovely. And seeing as we've gifted you probably over an hour of Susie Riddell, Maybe you could go to iTunes and give us a lovely review, the full five stars, some kind of glowing um, write-up. That'd be magnificent. Much appreciated. Lots of forwards, please, on the Twitters as well. Always appreciated. And Susie, um, just a huge thank you for coming and chatting to us. It's been a real pleasure. Yes. Well, it's it's been a delight. Thank you very much. It's been very relaxed. Um, lovely cider. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be, yeah, one day we will we will be able to go into a shed. And have a side. Yes, that that's would the dream. Be lovely. The dream. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for having me. Hello, 